This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. We are back here on a Thursday, and the first Thursday of every month uh, from here on out, we're going to have uh, our friends from Heritage in studios with us to talk about the services they offer, the people they have working for them, what they do, and uh, hopefully educate the community. Um, sometimes I think, uh, Mary, uh, we get lost in what we do, whether it's the media or mental health, and we just assume everybody knows what we know because it's what we do every day. And it's easy to kind of get in a bubble. It, it sure is. All right. Absolutely. So I appreciate you reaching out. We had a, a, a great conversation last week, and as part of that, it's like, okay, well, we can do something about that. We can start telling stories, uh, uh, and you have a lot of stories to tell. We sure do, and I appreciate it, Brian. All right, well, it's uh, good to have you with here. Uh, now, introduce your two staff members that are with you here today, and we're going to talk about a couple of individual programs. I think the, uh, this is bringing your folks in to tell us about what they do day in and day out, and then stuff that happens inside the walls that we don't see, right? And, Absolutely. And also knowing that there's privacy and, and a lot of things. I, I mean, sometimes that can be a block in, in having mm-hmm. conversations, but... You've been on the job how long? Oh, about 18 months. Has it been that long? Yes, I know. Hard to believe. I, I would have believed in it. You could have said two years and three months. I, I probably <laughs> would have believed you. All right. Um, what was the first thing, what was the most eye-opening thing to you, even given your background, your work, your knowledge, but when you walked in there day one as CEO, what was the most surprising thing to you? how large the organization was in terms of programming. I had been associated for about 13 years before I started in the role of CEO as a consultant, and I was in kind of a little bubble of what I did. I did not understand the vast amount of programs that, that we serve across the, across the agency. Right, uh, and I think that's probably where most people are mm-hmm. in, in this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, they either come with no prejudgment or knowledge, they just don't know because they don't see. Right. Uh, all right, so talk to me, let, let's find out first uh, about um, the, the program that's already up and running. Absolutely, so that is our Behavioral Health Urgent Care Hub. And so I have with me today two of my rock star staff. I have Nalita Spann, who's our Director of Crisis Services, um, who I'm gonna have her speak a little bit to the hub. And then I have um, Thomas Cruz, who is our Program Director of our Living Room. Okay, uh, so Nalita, good morning to you, and thank you for being with us here today. Uh, When we say Behavioral Health Urgent Care Hub, what does that mean? Um, what we want to do is make sure that we are basically everything to everybody within reason, right? Um, so when we think about the hub, you think about if you go to like an urgent care for your uh, physical needs. Okay. Um, it's the same thing. All right. That's a perfect health. explanation uh, because, you know, I've often wondered, and we all grow in our knowledge of all this, and, and I've learned getting older uh, a lot of things, but the main thing I see over and over is that we don't think about mental health the way we think about a broken bone. Absolutely, yeah. uh, Nobody has any stigma attached to going to urgent care mm-hmm. because I have a fever or, or I have, yet we have this line yeah. where when people are going through a mental health crisis and they need urgent help, that it's somehow different. Absolutely. All right, so give me an example, not a, a specific person, mm-hmm. but what you might see in urgent care. Um, A lot of individuals come in with um, housing insecurities. Um, A lot of individuals just struggle with depression, anxiety. They need to get connected to uh, resources or counseling or even providers that, you know, can prescribe medication. Um, We also see individuals come in that 
are just really needing somebody to talk to. Like in that moment, like I'm in crisis, I need to talk and we're there to help them through that. Okay. And, and then like the hours, the, I mean, how, how do people reach out? How do they know to go to you? Absolutely. Um, so currently our behavior, behavioral health urgent care is on the first floor. So when they come into the door that it's a room right there for them to be engaged with someone, um, and also we can, uh, somebody can call in as well. Okay. So, so you can, you can speak to somebody on the phone. Absolutely. Now, yep. what are the hours? The hours are 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Okay. So what happens at 7 p.m.? You know, if, I mean, because mm -hmm. people don't pick their, you know, when Absolutely. their urgency, I mean, when it arrives. So <laughs> what, what happens if it's 10 o'clock at night? Okay. So after hours, we do have an on-call team that starts at 5 p.m. and goes to 8 a.m. the next day. Okay. So you're, mm -hmm. you're covering that whole 24 hour Absolutely. period. Uh, and then what does that look like then? Uh, you, is it still physically going there? Is it more, you know, telehealth? I mean, how does that work? So it depends on if individuals call in. If they call in, we can talk to them over the phone. If they present to the building, our on-call worker will right, meet so them So those there. options are both there. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any kind of estimation about how many people you see? I, I, this has been, what, open since July 1st, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or no, Yep, I, was, yeah, July I saw 2024. Okay, so July of 23. Mm -hmm. uh, any idea the numbers? We're on average. So when actually when St. Mary's uh, ended up closing, we saw a, a pretty big influx come yeah. in. But on average, I was just looking at those numbers. We're looking at about 100 to 90 to about 210 folks a month just walking in. A for month. That. Yeah. Okay. So that will do seasonal thing. I mean, we were talking about just the mood we're in today mm -hmm. because the sunshine is back mm, and it's lighter earlier mm -hmm. and it's not cold. Uh, it, it does all that play a role. It very much plays a role. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's amazing. Now, uh, Thomas is here as the living room, uh, program manager and peer support specialist. Uh, my understanding is Thomas, that peer support specialist means that you've got a kind of a shared lived experience in this area. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, so one of the things that we found out um, over the years is that when people know that they're talking to someone who who's has, been there, right, and who has been on the other side of the desk, so to speak, and has seen um, mental health care from that other perspective, there's there's a special trust there. Um, like even if um, you know I haven't gone through specifically what someone else has, at least they know like okay, you have some idea of right. what it's like to be in my shoes. Um, and a lot of times, you know, they're willing to share specific stories they might not otherwise they, um, have that special uh, shared trust that comes from a, a mutual experience. I, I think that's right. Knowing that there's no judgment on the other side. Right. Absolutely. And I don't think anybody yeah, cuts yeah. through that as fast as I kind of been where you are i mean there is that relatable thing uh and so how important is that you know i i was just thinking as thomas was talking i think it's it's very important for the engagement with the individuals that walk on our door it's also really important uh, among our staff to be able to have colleagues who can share about their experience and we learn more if we haven't had that experience and and, and we're better at providing services because uh, individuals are willing to share and connect. And I, I think it's so important that trust factor, right? We have one opportunity. You walk in our door, we need to bring you in and create that trust pretty quickly. So um, an individual like Thomas is is doing that every day. Um, and then people are then moving ahead and, and getting engaged in our services. Okay, so what is the living room? So the living room is a program that Illinois started up in several places um, so far. The idea behind it is that sometimes people need a place to go, but they don't necessarily need um, the full round of services that, say, going to the crisis unit would provide. 
So maybe um, housing isn't an issue for them at the moment. Like maybe they're like, hey, I got housing, but it's not a safe environment for me right now. I need someplace else to go. Um, or maybe they're like, oh, my medications are in a good place. I don't need to like see the doctor like I would on the crisis unit. But I still, I just need a break from whatever um, is going on right now. So the idea is we provide a space that is set up basically like an actual living room. Like, like we're going to have like recliners. Um, it's a very comfortable space, very non-clinical. Um, we'll have peer support staff there uh, to speak with them. We'll have a, a mental health professional there to like do an intake screening, just check and see where they're at. Um, and they're going to be able to stay for up to like 23 hours at a time. Um, the program itself will be open twenty four seven, though. So it'll why be, the twenty three hours? Then what's the the, the why the hour difference? So I, I, the idea behind that is, if they're going to stay over twenty three hours, we need a bed. I right? got you. That's just like a requirement as okay. per the state. Um, but if they're staying uh, less than twenty three hours, we can just uh, have like recliners, um, other comfortable furniture like that. How how important? And I have some personal knowledge of this, uh, you know, when someone is brave enough to, for the inside themselves to ask for help, right? And, and I completely understand your role because that's, I'm already vulnerable. I come in and, but I, I know you've gone through something similar or you know where I am and understand that. But you mentioned like it doesn't look, you know, clinical uh, uh, or institutional. Uh, I noticed this like and I don't think we're doing a great job, you know, anywhere. Uh, this isn't a Decatur question. It's sort of how we're doing this where you go in and it's the sign say you must pay if you don't show up and wallpapers peeling. And the, I mean, that welcome, you know, is not there. Right. And we have a lot of that mm -hmm. in our society. In our environment. Where you're being treated almost like a stigma absolutely. just by the, the way the room looks. Yeah. It needs to be very intentional, and we have done that um, in, in our renovations and making sure how when you walk in, you know, how do you feel and what, what, is, what are the barriers? Again, it, just simply how a room looks will be a barrier to yeah. getting services. Someone's going to walk back out. No, and then you put somebody on the other side of the plexiglass and you fill the plexiglass with stuff that's nothing but barriers, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do we change that? Well, I think this is a great example. Um, this program is, is thinking about what would be inviting for folks and actually getting responses from those uh, individuals we serve. I mean, Tell us about how you felt when you were here. What was it like to be on our, our residential unit? What was it like to sit in an office with our staff um, and really think about that environment? Okay. Uh, the Elmo story that I, I asked you about off the air, uh, it, it's uh, this thing goes viral yesterday. I mean, literally the, the Sesame Street character on X just post, uh, literally, um, how's everybody doing? I mean, I don't think it was intended to be anything but what it was. 140 million people have seen this, and the responses are unbelievable. President Biden, you know, weighed in on it, uh, and it it underscores, I think, to me, what's out there. Uh, I, I've I've seen too many people say that COVID caused more of this. I think COVID just sh put a light on what was already there. In my opinion, I'm not an expert. Uh, but now we're in a place, mm -hmm. I think, where there's opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, I think the government has to do more. 
uh, and they can't do it in a bureaucratic way. They've got to get creative. They've got to look at organizations and what they're doing, what's working at the ground level. Uh, with the ability and technology we have through telehealth, there's got to be access to people. You can't tell them you got to wait two months to get an appointment. All these things that we do within our healthcare system today. Are you optimistic? I am, actually. And, and the state of ever and in in the industry is putting more money and more but i've seen that in action too Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean results even if the intention is 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 good sometimes government gets in the way of itself i mean it becomes more bureaucracy not less absolutely And, and when you're dealing with like just for instance you know can't you know 23 versus 24 gotta have a bed uh you know that you get a lot of that and that isn't necessarily where people are and, and, you know, Brian, you're exactly right. So they're, they're investing a lot. But then what they're doing, though, I believe, is they're listening to the providers a lot more. The, the Behavioral Health Urgent Care Hub came about because of work with the state and how we could do this because of what we lost at St. Mary's. Yeah. The living room came about and we were awarded that because of the work. I said, we need something. Here we are in this desert, right, of, of not having services and beds. And so there but. Yeah, they're, it's government. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just, that's my thing. And it's not, I mean, I, I don't think it comes from a bad place. Right. I just think it, it's really easy to get a system rather than mm-hmm. be where the people are that mm-hmm. need the help. And, and I always want to start at that end because that's where the sure. answer is. So American spending and, and Gallup polling in 2023, 23% of U.S. adults visit a mental health professional, right? Uh, and that is up from 13% in 2004. So I don't think the numbers have changed. I just think more people are willing to step forward mm-hmm. and, and talk about mm-hmm. what they're dealing with, mm-hmm. right? I don't. I think COVID exacerbated mental health. I mean, I think everybody went through. You know, it's a hundred-year pandemic. I don't mm-hmm. think you can do that. But I think we're just being more, becoming more and more aware of what's always been there, uh, but was stigmatized to a point where mm-hmm. people didn't admit it, mm-hmm. or at least mm-hmm. you know publicly. I would agree. Um, I hope you have more people that are. Um, that are willing to share, like literally, um, Thomas, I appreciate you coming in and, and, and not being you know, afraid to say, hey, I've been there. Because I think the more you humanize this, mm-hmm. we know what it looks like underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the more people see the work you're doing and, and that it looks like me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's the magic bullet. It I, is. I, I really do believe. It Absolutely. is. All right. So, what do we've got a couple of minutes left here um these are great programs uh, but they're just that's just scratching the surface of what you do as an organization mm-hmm. and we will spend plenty of airtime talking about that how do people find out more i mean i you know i know your website is informational but it's kind of based as, as if i'm coming at as, as a potential patient or somebody asking for help do you do do you give people i don't know tours would be a bad word but i mean do you, I, how do you if people are curious Absolutely. And, and they hear this and they want to find out more or maybe they want to get involved financially, support something or, or do something, or maybe they just want help. Uh, right. uh, and, and how do they do that? So uh, I will say we are uh, going to be relaunching a new website, so that will be more user friendly. But truly, you can give a call to three six two six two six two. Ask for myself. Um, I will set you up with a tour. And, and again, even if it's just checking out, do I want to have services here? Connect you with maybe a program. Have you talk with one of our leaders? I am open to anything. I think it's important. One, all I talk about um, within the agency is access to care, that that is our number one goal. 
And then, uh, but beyond that, just at the education too, right? So if you're in here, everybody says to me, I had no idea. Sure. And so go tell other people, tell them to come in and I'll, I'll be your tour guide. Thank you for being here today. We Thank really appreciate it. Thank you for what you do. Keep doing. It's a great service to the community. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.